Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Anybody have six <laughs> bucks, he'll spread his speaks for Facebook. Well, this is going to be, uh, I think this is going to be a fun show, a little chaotic, just like Monday night's show of the Pulp MX Show. Episode 400 was very chaotic. Uh, first of all, I want to thank all the sponsors, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross Fives, Maximal Oil, X Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing Seats, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering. All on board with the wrap up show and, of course, the Pulp Mech Show. Visit pulpmixshow.com for sponsor links and discounts. So, yeah, very, very uh, exciting show. Everybody was stoked on this one. We're going to get right to this thing. Let's introduce the guest. Brought to you by WUSA, providing the best quality wheels in the business. Visit WUSA.com. And WSA brings us Mr. Derek Rankin, also known as Derek o. What's up, Derek? What's up, Dark Side? Not much, man. Great to talk to you. Um, what do you think? Give me an overall grade real quick of episode 400. Dude, episode 400 was hilarious. Uh, I mean, it's got to be up there with, you know, it's, it's, it's got many for sure. Yeah, I, I, I've got a lot to say about it. Let's get to our second guest, brought to you by Guts Racing. If you're looking for a high-performance seat cover and foam, Guts Racing is what you need. Hit up Andy Gregg at GutsRacing.com, and Guts Racing brings us Mr. James Vidar. What's up, James? How's it going, Dark Side? It's going good, man. Great to talk to you. Uh, so like I asked Derek, give me a, just a real quick overall grade of episode 400. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I thought it was a great show. I mean, Jake Weiner was hilarious. RV, the, all of the guests, I, just, I think it's one of the best that I've ever heard. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, we got one more guest in studio. One of my buddies is sitting in. Mr. West Cargo, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, one of the leading goggle companies in the world, and a longtime sponsor of the Pulp Mech Show brings you West Cargo. What's up, Wes? What's up, man? Give me your grade. Oh, dude, I'm still, uh, I'm still grading the paper. It was <laughs> you a little, still trying to process Yeah, I was still reeling a little bit. That was a, a whirlwind Hell yeah, of emotion. Yeah, it was. So, okay, so it's going to be chaotic in the wrap-up show tonight, just like it was with the uh, 400. Um, like right off the bat, I don't know if you guys watched on Facebook like I did. It was chaos from the beginning. Uh, people throwing their hands up in the air. Mike's not on. Steve usually doesn't turn everybody's mics on until he gets everybody introduced. But it was just way too chaotic. So he had to kick mics on and, and the chaos ensued. Um, Derek, were you watching or did you just listen? No, I listened in the shop today while I was working. Okay, but I'm sure you could probably get the vibe of how chaotic it was with Mike's not on, uh, RV constantly hitting his mic, um, just a madhouse. I mean, you've been in that studio before. Can you, what do you think of the, the? What do you think it was like in there that night? If, just to be in the studio. Oh, uh, dude, it had to be crazy. I mean, there were moments where, you know, RV was talking just regular into his mic, and then the next you hear him all the way over by the bathroom just yelling. Yeah, like, yeah. Doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he was taking a dump at one point while the show was still going and yelling. Yeah, it's uh, 
like I said, chaotic. That's the only word I can come up with. Um, James, uh, you, you heard the same thing I asked, you know, just did you watch live, first of all? No, I listened to it live, and, yeah, it was crazy. You could hear kids. You could hear dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jake asking for the stick every time he wanted to talk was hilarious. That's a good point. I have that. Yeah, they, they was so chaotic that Weimer said they need a talking stick, and I, I somewhat agree. Uh, Wes, how about you, man? Uh, did you get to watch on Facebook, or did you listen while driving? No, I was driving back and checking it out, and, yeah, it was uh... – there were moments where I got a little overwhelmed. I'm like, yes. I'm about to pause this for a minute, yeah, take a little breather, and come back, you know. But I, it was awesome. Yeah, I've gotten to where you know when I listen to the show, I, I start, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what the wrap up show is going to be, and I'm taking notes, and I was overwhelmed, quite honestly. Like it was just so much going on, and uh, it was kind of hard to focus on any one thing. So the notes are all over the place, but. It was entertaining, but I'm going to give you my opinion. Like typically, I have almost nothing negative to say about Pulp MX or the shows, um, but I ta- I didn't completely enjoy this show to be honest, man. Um, and I think I'm in the minority. Uh, RV kind of was wearing on me with the interrupting and talking over and hitting the mic, man. It was driving me crazy, James. But uh, did any of that bother you, or are you all in? No, it did bother me because it seemed like at times it was hard to follow. I know, especially during JT's interview, yeah, you had three or four people talking at once, and I really love getting JT's take on MXDN, what's going on in Europe, all those things, and it did. It there were times that I, like you said, had to pause and and maybe take a quick break and then go back to the show. Right, and same thing for you, Wes. Or you said it was a lot to take in too. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely was. But I I was enjoying how wide open. RV was and Weimer, it, yeah, yeah, and just just from his past while racing, just kind of being more real, more real, yeah. Know? Derek, you're in the you're in the business. I'm sure you've probably met RV a few times, or I don't know how much you've got to hang out with him. Um, look, we've always heard you know RV hated racing, and uh, over throughout the the night, the the highlight or the the whole basically title of his story was let's have fun you know everything was about having fun he's definitely definitely a different guy we know that when he's not racing now but like i said for me it was a little bit much what what were your thoughts on it uh i enjoyed it but you know i i like him i like them letting their personality shine you know because talking to the guys in the pits you know it doesn't transfer over to tv yeah because a lot of these guys are just robots whenever they get up there but yeah i thought it was hilarious i him uh, you know, jumping over uh, Jake a little bit, you know, it <laughs> kind of got old, but, uh, you know, Jake would give him, you know, a little comment back to kind of settle him down. So it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah, fun. yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it was kind of wearing on me, but at the same time, it was part of the fun, uh, you know, when Weimer would bust balls back. And even after a while, AC was like, dude, if you don't stop hitting that mic. And then at the end, AC was hitting the mic a bunch. Um, you know, and speaking of what you just said about, you know, or we're talking about having a good time, a question came in, and it may have been Dylan that asked the question when he called, but it was about RV's Mount Rushmore. And I'm going to ask all you guys who your Mount Rushmore would be. But, you know, RV basically is like, ah, whoever wants to have fun and hang out. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, that uh, that's not a that's a good answer, I guess. It's entertaining, but uh, RV is just a different guy now, man. Um, so, real quick. Wes, who would be your Mount Rushmore? Oh man, Moto. Um, for me, 
would be McGrath, uh, Carmichael, Stewart, and Wyndham. Okay, so RV didn't make the list. RV made his own list. Uh, James, how about you? Who's your Mount Rushmore? I think I have to go back old school to Hannah and then RJ, and I agree with MC and RC. Okay, Derek? Uh, I mean, you got to have RC on it. You got to have Jeremy on it. Uh, other than that, I'm actually going to go DeCoster. Okay. And you know, that first spot, it's got to be Chad, I'd say. Good picks. Uh, I, I was wondering if you were going to throw Benny in there or not, but not yet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's, got, he's got some more time on the bus. There you go. Um, okay, so they they talk a little bit about AC transfer for the four, to the 450 and if he's been riding it a little bit you know there there was a lot of joking throughout the show but there was you know some serious motor topics i guess you could say and he asked uh AC about the 450 life and AC's comeback was overshooting some stuff trying to stay on the track is for the most part um thoughts on Derek you you again you're you're at the races every weekend thoughts on AC moving up to the 450 uh, his attitude towards it seems to be right where it needs to be. Not too high of expectations. Pretty realistic. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's going to make the transition pretty easy. You know, I mean, hell, he's one of the tallest guys now. You know, he used to be the short little guy, but right, he's definitely got the body type for the 450 now. And, you know, he's he's got a super good team around him. So I think it's just, Everything's going to make that transition really easy, and his attitude's going to go a long way. Cause, you know, one of those guys, if, you know, say he's at the test track at Eli and he's two seconds off, you know, him being realistic about that and not freaking out. Right, right. You know, it goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wes, a different question. With AC, you know, leading up to the show, Steve was hinting at, and I want to ask you guys about this in a second too, who the four guys were going to be that were in studio. And last week he said, you know, a couple of them are going to be pretty much off the chain, and a couple of them may take a little while to get going. Uh, clearly, RV and Weimer are the guys that were going to be off the chain. Um, how do you feel like, you know, how do you feel AC and Nick held their own, or do you feel like they held their own at the show Monday night with episode 400? Yeah, I thought they brought some, uh, a little bit of calm to the storm in a, in a good way. You yeah. Know, kind of balanced out the but they, outrageousness, they could... but they had. I, I love hearing Nick's take yes. on the sport and at AC he's obviously one of the more intelligent, well-spoken, right. or at least well-spoken. I don't want to make assumptions, but he, it he comes across that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, they brought some much needed levity. Levity. Yeah. It. Right. <laughs> and, you know, Nick, uh, James, Nick way has one of my favorite sayings probably of all time on the Pulp Mech show. And he says, I stay ready. So I don't have to get ready. That's Nick way. That's awesome. Um, what do you think about the the comparison? Not the comparison, but the the difference between Weimer and RV and AC and Nick Way for the show. Do you th- help it, feel like it kind of helped keep it balanced, James? I do. I think that uh, it was a good balance, and and Nick has a good perspective as a writer. Um, I liked his perspective as a moto dad. Oh yeah, um, especially when he talked when he talked about families, you know, mortgaging everything and doing everything in hopes that that their kid is the one in a million. So I like that. And uh, I think you saw the progression of AC through the show, how he got a little more into it by the end. And I was really impressed with Jake 
some of his takes on some of the things. Like when he was given AC advice on the 450, yeah. and Steve kind of busted his balls about it being more than one word. But, you know, I had to agree with Jake that, you know, he had he has to be sustainable through all of the Supercross and all of the outdoors, and he's going to have twice as many races now in the 450 as he had when he was in the 250s. Yeah, yeah, I think Nick Way is going to be fantastic, clearly for AC's career. Hopefully that's a, a team that stays together. Um, let's back up a little bit to the, the early part of the show. Uh, Dylan calls back in, and you know, and, and Dylan, I said last week, he's been polarizing on uh, social media as far as what people think about him, his voice, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, he had a, a sort of somewhat relevant question about Savachi. Why not Savachi to JGR? Or why Savachi to JGR? Um, Myrtle was in studio, kind of had some funny comments um but he or dylan asked why is he not get the rocky mountain ride and you know uh this is good for you Derek. um there's no position at rocky mountain as far as i'm concerned that team's got you know one one more rider than they could probably take that deserves a ride already yeah uh yeah we definitely got our hands full between the three of them you know i'm not sure yet on who i'm going to be working with for supercross right. but uh as far as Savachi goes, I mean, our team pretty much an all-inclusive kind of deal with gear and goggles and all those extra sponsors that a lot of riders make money off of. But <laughs> I know Savachi has all those deals locked in. Right, which and, is fun. Yeah, and honestly, uh, you know, our second guy spot probably doesn't pay as much as he's making off of all those. So sure. it's not realistic for him or for us, you know. Yeah, and Steve kind of busted Myrtle right there on that. You know, he made that shitty gear deal, basically talking about just one, just just having fun. And uh, Myrtle kind of pop, uh, piped in a few times about being peaks and valleys with the Savachi deal right now. So, um, but yeah, I like I really like when Dylan calls in. I don't have any issues with the guy, as I've said before, he's passionate. Um, okay, so Wes, next thing I want to bring up is Steve, they asked, uh, "What's the maddest RV ever got at RC?" RC had a pretty funny story when he was younger, you know, I think on super minis and he had left sweet tarts in his shorts or in his pockets and they got found in the dryer. Um, what, what, just, what do you think about the stories that these guys have that they're not talking about? Probably. I mean, there's gotta be more. Um, our AC talked about Alan ripping his door, the door off of RV's tr- water truck. Like the stuff we miss out on could easily be a whole nother show. Oh, yeah, man. And that's one thing I enjoyed about this show in particular was yeah. the history that all those guys had together. And you could tell. Um, they like each other. They like each other. And they've, you know, uh, basically raised AC in a lot of ways. Or, you yeah, know, yeah. spent Wait. a lot of time together. And, yeah, I like hearing that stuff, man. It just, it's, I think it kind of highlights just how much of a community the Moto right. community is, you know. Yeah, Derek, for me, I think episode 400, the the, the best part of it was the stories and the camaraderie I saw or heard between those four guys and the respect. Yeah, they, they uh, you know, they definitely got a lot of stories. They've known each other forever, and that's that's the best part about, you know, Steve's interviews and stuff. But a lot of guys, he can dig down because he, he knows all that because he's kind of in their circles. Right. And he can bring that out of them, you know. So, yeah, they, they definitely, they've done a lot together. You know, they've known AC since, you know, he was 12 or 13 or whatever they said, and, yeah, you know, I'm sure they they can write a book, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I think Steve really did a good job with this group of guys. Even though 
I you know said that I kind of didn't enjoy all the show just because of the the stuff I already talked about. But overall, like the the four guys, I don't know if you could have picked a better four group of guys. So James, I want to ask you, leading up to this episode, when you were picturing who was going to be in there, was this even close to the four that you thought would be there? Well, you know, somebody I think it was on your the wrap up show last week talked about the potential Kawasaki connection. Yep. Um, but I really didn't know who was going to be in. But uh, I think these they were great. They each brought something different, and then their collective, the the group collectively, um, like like the other guys said, had great camaraderie. And you know, to be a fly on the wall if. Uh, if Will Hahn and RV drive to the national, like he said he wanted to do, and just <laughs> some of the insight and some of the stuff that you get on this show, you can't get anywhere else. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. That's definitely, I think why all us listeners and fans come back every week, you know, not only for Steve's rants, but because of, yeah, it's, it's not like any other podcast that you're going to get anywhere else, including our show, the Boto X pod show. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Steve. Steve definitely has something that nobody else has. Um, all right. So, how about you, Derek? Were you? Did you have any idea who was going to be in studio? Did you have any guesses? No, I didn't. Uh, I was at Steve's a couple weeks ago, and he at that time he still didn't know. So, uh, no, I, it was no idea for me. For okay. Sure. Um, all right. So, Derek. Compare this to episode 300. 300 to me was one of the greatest episodes ever. Chad Reed, uh, Tim Ferry, David Villeman. Which one did you like better? <laughs> um, well, there's one story on 300 that sticks out that like, I think about, honestly, quite a bit, uh, where they were talking about Gothic J. Uh, I think they were at either Chad or Timmy's. Yeah. And he's like trying to get the, the markings off the floor. So like that is probably real, honestly the only thing that stands out from 300. Okay, I just remember that being hilarious. But RV getting smashed, you know, on this episode is probably going to stick with me for a while. Okay, how about you, James? 300 or 400? You know, I liked 300, and I, I like I really like DV. I think he brings a a really cool perspective and and just his outlook on things, but. Um, this one was good. If you could have taken out some of the interruptions and the, a little bit of the chaos, um, I think I have to give the nod to 400. Okay. How about you, Wes? I'm the, and tell I'm, me why. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I would have to give give a nod to 400 as well just because it, uh, you know, I don't know. I was sitting there driving, and I'm like, man, I, I think RV might be giving drunk GL a run for his money here. Right. You know? I was well, like, this I, is entertaining. I was scrolling through uh, like Steve's Twitter today, kind of looking at all the comments, because you know, just getting an idea of what everybody thought. And like I said, I'm pretty much in the minority. Everybody was talking about how much they were laughing out loud, how great RV is, and I'm not denying RV's gold. Um, so yeah, I need to listen to the show again, clearly, uh, and get you know maybe I'll have a different take on it. But um, it, I think it's going to stand the test of time. It sounds like as being one of the all time classics, uh, which. Hell, that's that's what he wants for you know one of these 100, 200, 300 shows you know the century shows. That's Steve just knows what he's doing. Um, so I've talked about RV messing with his headset. One of the great lines of the night was uh, I think Weimer said, "Are you going to put the thing in, put it in your mouth?" Um, quick wit, you know we we love dirty humor. Most of us guys do that. That was good stuff. Uh, but the the 
the quote of the night had to be the $6 question. You guys know what I'm talking about? There are the $6 statement from AC. Did you guys catch that? Anybody? Uh, Here, I kind of remember. I know they were talking shit to RV. Yeah, I'll refresh you. So it was one of the, I believe it was an ex-brand tear-off question, and it was, uh, what's a race or sponsor deal you turned down that you regret? And AC said, uh, here, give me, anybody got six bucks, uh, RV has spread his butt cheeks right now, something along those lines. I'm going to pull that drop. I'm going <laughs> to stick it in the show. That seems to be, from what I've seen on social media, like a lot of people – uh, you know about th- you know spit out their food at that um that's quick too ac is pretty good just uh so all right Wes, give me your highlight of the show then do you have a highlight like one thing that just that was you know stood out for the, that, that was my favorite part that story was pretty hilarious that kind of led up to that of you know weimer talking about rv in the in the trailer yeah like going to the bathroom right. or just like <laughs> you know showing him his ass all the time yeah clearly rv likes to be naked hilarious uh James, give me give me a highlight. What what was your favorite moment of the night? You know, it was early on when they were doing the introductions and Steve's four and a half Manitoba titles and all that. And AC <laughs> said the only thing saving RV's legacy is a power outage. Oh, uh, that was great. I have that actually highlighted. Yeah, yes, hilarious. Yes, that was good. Uh, Derek, you got one. Yeah, uh, I mean it's got to be right there when there's. Uh, they were talking about the trailer, and Steve told that story about uh, RV getting ready right before the heat race, and then he pulled his uh, boxers down and he started backing into Steve because I can just imagine <laughs> his reaction to that and how he was kind of like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, all right, so let's change subject just for a second. Uh, this is something I asked last week, and I want to ask you guys because the Pulpomex show has become such a big part of everybody's lives that does this wrap-up show. Um, how is the, how has pulp and the podcast changed or impacted your life? Uh, Derek. Um, well, I mean, tell I got random people calling me Jericho now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's definitely like helped me network a lot more, you know, uh, as far as like, uh, actually being, I don't want to say I'm a part of it, but, you know, like being kind of in that little family there, uh, it's definitely helped me with that. And, you know, Steve's been pretty tremendous, uh, kind of guide for my career so far. So, uh, you know, there's definitely been perks to, you know, paying attention to the show and kind yeah, of getting yeah. a little bit involved in it. You know what I mean? Right. How about uh, you, James? Oh, I look forward to listening every night, every Monday night. It's, um, just something that I do, you know, my chick, she doesn't listen always, but you know, she picks up these things. I'll say that she knows comes from pulp and, cool. um, she plays fantasy. Um, Hell yeah. it was pretty fun. The, um, the week that the, the new fly gear came out and JT was on, um, at the outdoor, she came to me and she's like, JT's on right now. So it, it's cool. It, it's in our house. And we, uh, I listen to all the shows that Steve puts out, but um, I, every Monday night when you know time rolls around, I generally don't watch the Facebook feed. Um, it's just easier for me to listen live on the app. But you know that's what I do on Monday nights. Hell yeah, Wes! You're you're a truck driver and a musician, so you're traveling a lot. I mean, do, has it changed your life just with driving, or like what what else? Yeah, man, it helps me kind of stay in touch with what's going on in the sport. I mean, you know, I've followed 
the sport since I was born. Yeah. More or less. And, uh, yeah, just that it, it kind of helps me feel like I'm staying in touch, even if I can't read every magazine or catch every show or every, uh, broadcast about it. You know, I can listen to the, the pulp show and kind of get caught up on everything and yeah, yeah. stay current. Yeah, like I, I've kind of fallen out of really reading a lot of the magazines, um, and I think listening to Pulp, you really get more of what I would consider the the inside story, like the the you know Racer X and back when Transvert World was around. A lot of times they're not going to cover the kind of stuff that you're going to get on this show, uh, which you know again that's why we listen is just the you, you feel like you're part of the family basically. Um, all right, I want to ask all you guys. Steve usually has control of his show. Uh, he did not have control of the show Monday night. He just kind of had to pretty much let it go. Uh, James, do you think he did a pretty good job of mediating it as it went? And what do you think was going on in his head as this was unfolding? Yeah, I think he did a pretty good job. I think he realized he just had to let it go. Yep. You know, there were the rant, the race tech rant. He just said, <laughs> you know, that was Weimer, Weimer ranting. And I think he just had to go with it somewhat because, once that train got rolling, there was no stopping it. And it was almost instant. Like, as soon as the show went live. Uh, how about you, Derek? Yeah, I made, oh, go ahead, James. Go ahead and finish. I made, my first note was that it was, you know, pandemonium right from the get-go. You could hear him in the background and everything. So yep. you knew how it was going to go as soon as he went live. Absolutely. And again, Derek, you've been in studio. You know he ri- runs a pretty tight ship. Um, but do uh, you think he was sweating it at all monday night <laughs> uh yeah probably a little bit you know uh hell when i was in the studio he made me turn wrestling off because he thought it was gonna you distract know, you yeah take my yeah take my attention away but no you could kind of tell in his voice a little bit especially that race tech grant part where he's like yeah that's race tech grant for tonight weimer you know just complaining <laughs> <laughs> right so, yeah because uh, he, you know, he's got to get to his different segments, and he's got, like, certain times he wants to hit. Yep. You know, he's got to get his commercials in there, and you, you get somebody on the phone, you want the person on the phone to be able to talk, uh, you know, and then, you know, you're supposed to engage the guest, and then, you know, you got RV to take it and then turn it around and make it about him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I could, yeah, like everybody, anybody uh, have a good RV story? Yeah, let me tell you the best RV story <laughs> about myself. Yeah. Uh Exactly. Yeah, and, and Wes, um, you know, like I said, he, he kept control of it. Uh, and, and Wes, like he just talked about the, uh, you know, when guests call in, you want to be able to hear what they say. There weren't very many scheduled guests. I don't know that there were any scheduled guests. Uh, Will, Hall, Will Hahn called in for the Will call, and JT calls in as usual. But I, I have to assume he knew ahead of time that wasn't going to work to have, say, you know, uh, pick a rider benny bloss have him call in it just wasn't going to work yeah man it it seemed uh yeah it seemed like he was just kind of knew this was going to be rowdy yeah and let that play out and then you know uh who who called in with randy lawrence who was randy lawrence hanging out with oh uh, uh that was uh uh nash yeah well that, that just great, i mean yeah. Just the fact that he's randomly hanging out with Randy Lawrence, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he calls it. I'm like, this is just the the whole show's pandemonium, yeah, right. Uh, and on episode 400, if you guys haven't listened, there is a contest to win uh, an EVS uh, Roost Guard. So hit up pulpamexshow.com for that. I think it's contest at pulpamexshow. 
Um, another great sponsor, uh, Pulp, obviously. Let's do these sponsor reads again just real quick because we got to thank everybody that keeps the show going. Race Tech Suspension and Engine, Michelin Starcross 5s, Maximal Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, the Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering. Again, without those sponsors, these shows cannot happen. Um, X-Brand Tear-Offs. I love it right off the bat. Steve said that all these guys, RC, AC, Jake, everybody's wearing X-Brand. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with that, being the X-Brand guy that I am. All right, Derek. Um, so Will Call did Will Hahn did call in for the Will Call um, right off the bat. RV says, fuck you, Will. Um, and RV realizes through conversation in the studio that they're Facebook live. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, that's not good. That, Derek, uh-huh. is that's typical RV, I guess. Just not knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah, he he didn't sound like he really gave a shit. <laughs> right. You know, he, he's he's gonna do what he wants. So, uh, yeah, that that's a funny little snippet. Whenever he realized that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With this episode, it was a lot of little things that were kind of in the background that you could miss, and that's why, like I said, I want to listen to this thing again. But uh, even the discussion, James, of the the pro circuit pipe that RV has, it gives nine horsepower more. Um, I'd like to get my hands on this pipe. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Um, I did think it was cool, and it was kind of funny that every time one of the pulp sponsors was brought up, RV would chime in. Um, you know, when they're talking about Maxima, and they then he says Yamalube, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going off all this crazy stuff. But uh, you know, there was you just never knew where RV was going to go. At one point, when he was talking about putting vice grip on his ears and AC's ears, and it. That that stuff just if you didn't listen to every little word, there was something going on every moment of that show. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's so much they're all talking at the same time, so you can't catch everything. Like even the clip where um, AC said anybody got six bucks, uh, you know, and RVS spread his butt cheeks, there was people talking over him. So like if you it'd very be very easy to miss that that moment. Um but thankfully these things are archived. We can go back and listen to them and you know, listen to them over and over. Um, so then there's also the will, Steve asked will, uh, Wes, what's your, what's your best Nick way story? He talks about the credit card guy way gets on the phone with Nicole, his wife and gets a three-way call going on. Um, these are stories again, that we keep saying this over and over and repeating. You're not going to catch in a magazine. If you don't listen to Pulp and Mix show, you're never going to hear this unless you're actually in the industry and with these guys at all times. These are probably stories that like Nick Way had completely forgotten about, you know, but but through the the beauty of this show, we get this stuff. Yeah, man, and it's it's I love stories like that because I think everybody that's grown up racing and riding and traveling quite a bit, like everybody has a similar story or something they can relate to that. Yeah. And I think that makes it really awesome like you're saying you don't get that you can relate a little bit yeah you can relate and you don't get that in the magazine or just a tv interview or anything like that these long form conversations bring a lot of that stuff out and i think a lot of people a lot of listeners connect with that kind of stuff yeah james is there anybody cooler in life than nick fucking way i don't think so i mean the guy is absolutely yeah you said he's cool he uh 
from what everybody says, you know, Steve said he was one of the best writers he ever worked for as far as bonuses and stuff like that. And I really like Nick's perspective on being a mini dad and, and, you know, just doing your best when, when Jake Weimer was, they were talking about Weimer's career and whether he was proud of it and, you know, and that it came down to really, if he just did his best, that was the most important thing. And I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and now we know that Pookie will run off with Nick Way if she has the chance. So that just adds to his, you know, awesomeness. He's going to steal Pookie from Steve. Sorry, man, uh, Steve. You just—I don't think you, any of us stand a chance against Nick Way, though. Um, Derek, uh, how about you know RV? I, I don't know if you caught this. They're they're talking during the show, and and RV's like, send me a link, send me a link, and see to how, so his buddies can listen. He's on his phone during the show, which you know Steve doesn't like, but. RV's on the phone talking to his buddy, telling him how to listen. He's like, it's just pulpmix.com. No, send me a link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was laughing my ass off at that. I mean, RV, RV is just a, you know, all these guys are different, you know, just different characters, but uh, RV's very one of a kind. Yeah. During that, it was a little, I heard that and it was a little confusing because there's so much going on. Yeah. And I heard him saying that and I thought, it sounded to me like RV was like trying to leave and go to his hotel and just listen to the show. <laughs> no, no. I think he had a buddy that he was texting that was trying to listen because I was actually like I said, watching on Facebook at the time and you could see him messing with their phones. But uh, and, and I'm really surprised that that didn't drive Steve more crazy. Um, let's move up those. You know, JT calls in as normal. They get him on the line and right off the bat, uh, you know, of course, Steve wants to know how China was with the, the GP. And RV instantly starts talking about Thailand, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> so he went to Thailand. Yeah. That, yeah. Is he that self-centered, you think? Or is he just that I th- drunk that he was being the obnoxious guy? I don't know him personally, uh, but I I feel like he's just having a good time. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, who knows how many times he gets to hang out with a bunch of guys still in, you know, in that type of setting and, like, get to cut loose a little bit, so... Right, and, and James, uh, like I said, I don't really think RV is self-centered, but uh, clearly when RV is drinking, he he wants or he he gets all the attention. He's looking, not necessarily looking for it on purpose, but he's his actions draw all the attention to himself. Yeah, absolutely, and you could tell as the show went through it progressed, and and he uh, became more and more. There was one point where he was learn his words and everything and i was just dying laughing because yeah. you know you could tell he was definitely getting drunk and uh yeah i don't think he was trying to be self-centered you know he each of them i think kind of had a role to play in that show um and his was to be the outspoken um outlandish kind of over-the-top guy and he he definitely fit that role yeah weimer wasn't far behind with the slurring by the end of the show uh, they were definitely had their drinks. Nicole was bringing their drinks to them, you know, pretty consistently. And, you know, they were both kind of like, wait, wait, wait over everybody. And, um, you know, Steve was kind of like the conductor trying to, uh, you know, orchestrate a, 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 a orchestra that was not very talented. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he, he was trying to get everybody together, but it was not easy. And uh, by the way, it's contest at dot com for the EVS roost deflector. If you guys missed that, um, there's some MX of nations talk, obviously with JT coming off the GP. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting, Derek, that it seemed to be pretty, um, it seems to be kind of known at least, at least by the guys in the studio that, 
a lot of the teams don't really care for Roger DeCoster. At least that was what was said Monday night. Um, I, I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, me too. I mean, that, that was news to me. I've never gotten to be a part of Team USA. Uh, you know, I, I've dealt with Roger a little bit. You know, not a whole lot because he has a lot on his plate. But, sure. uh, you know, I I could see where, you know, like Kawasaki probably doesn't want him giving very much input at that race just because of, you know, his connections at KTM North America. So, I mean, I, I get that just because I know how competitive all the teams are in Paddock and, like, how secretive everybody thinks they are. But, you know, there's always, you know, there's always a mole. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, just that race. I mean, everybody's just got to put their ego aside, you know. But yeah, not necessarily. I don't think they need Roger there to – help them with bike setup. I just think it's like, you know, communication within the team, just saying, Hey, you know, like and strategizing and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's probably just people can't put their egos aside. Yeah. That may be a big part of it. You know, we hear all the, the talk about last year at Redbud um, and James, you know, I really like what the team this year is trying to do, what Zach Osborne's trying to do and what RV and Weimer and the guys said needs to be done is they need to be team USA. They need to be together. They need to be under the same tent no matter how, you know, we got to figure that out somehow to get them all under the same tent. Um I definitely think that is the way to go for us and going to make it a lot more likely for us to get a good result. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that they do need to be a team and you know, JT made a good point that how many people were red bud that would have been willing to help, you know, be a spotter, notice that inside gate, all those things. And it just made it sound like that Roger wasn't willing or the team way it was structured, wasn't willing or able to take that input. And yeah, I think that we're, we're fighting an uphill battle at MXDN and we need to have everything try to tilt the scales in our favor as much as possible and pitting together, working as a team, I think is a huge part of that. Yeah, I was really surprised, and I'd never been to, obviously, I'd never been to an MX of Nations before, um, and I didn't really realize how it worked until I went to Redbud last year, and seeing those guys in different areas, um, yeah, it was kind of a bummer, really, because it doesn't feel like it's a team, you know, so yeah, I think they're all on 100%, and I hope that whatever happens this year at Aston, I hope that Zach and um, Jason Anderson can get it, they can get it all together where somehow Justin Cooper pits at least next to him. But, you know, only time will tell. Um, okay, let's get to a little more serious topic that was going on towards the end. A little bit talking about AC's 450s career and what his goals are. Uh, he was pretty pretty open, you know. He's pretty realistic, as we've said. Um, but they, they that conversation turned into talking about guys, you know, uh, like in 15th and how AC thinks they should be paid more. Um, that's a huge topic all the time on Pulp and Mex, the, the way the money spread out the elite five or six really get all the money. Um, Derek, you're, you're on a team that's not a quote unquote factory team, but you're, you know, a second level team, I would say um, in, but you know, a lot of privateers also, uh, you know, what do you think about the way the industry is right now and how do we fix it? Oof. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the question, you know, uh, the state of the industry, I mean, it's, it's getting better. I think, uh, you know, uh, there's more, I think there's more money popping up in places and a little bit more sponsors. You just don't see it directly, you know, on the television. Right. Um, but I mean, definitely 
you know, sell, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a giant, you know, conglomerate that everybody likes to hate. But, uh, you know, honestly, we wouldn't be out there if they weren't willing to put on the events. But at the same time, I think it's a two-way street. And at, at least personally-wise, you know, I think, I think they could definitely do a better job with the guys that are, you know, between 10th and 22nd. And, you know, like 250 class, those guys – what do you get? I think like, like what, like six fifty for a fifth? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not fifth, much. Like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, like that's why you see guys like Amex. You know, he rides uh, four fifty Supercross because he makes a nice show and he gets a thousand bucks. Sure. Uh, and you know, because hell, you know, all you gotta do is qualify fortieth. You know, go race your LCQ, and you've already made more money than say. Justin Cooper gets a fifth, so it's just so unbalanced, and you know there just needs to be more balance within the companies that run the show. You know, yeah. And Wes, uh, Wes, during that conversation, they were also talking about like uh, the balance within a team of the superstar and how they get treated sometimes. And you know that that was sort of a discussion with like when Weimer and RV were on the team together. The RV kind of gets a lot of the attention, and maybe they don't pay as much attention to the second level guy, and that kind of makes it feel like that that guy almost like he he sucks or whatever. You know, it's you hear the the keyboard warriors also like, oh, you know, that guy got six. Why does he even have that ride? But these guys are some of the elite riders in the entire world. Uh, even the guys that are like some of the guys that don't make the main the night show or the main they don't make the main, but they make the night show are still some of the best riders on the planet. Um, and it's kind of it sucks that that even trickles down within the team sometimes when a guy like Weimer may not get the same attention as an RV. Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting to me that that happens even within the sport. Yeah, w- with everybody in the sport knowing how much work these guys put into exactly. it. Exactly, you know, because your average uh, viewer, like they they have no idea how difficult what these guys do is and how much, just how much sacrifice they make. And you would think people within the industry would show that a little more respect. Maybe. I think that's a big part of what's hurting this James is that the business, the industry is small, but the people, even the people involved with it, including the promoters like Feld or MX sports aren't maybe doing everything that at least on the outside, we feel like they should be doing. And then within the team too, you know, like, give everybody the same support, but uh, I'm not on a team, so I don't really, maybe I don't know everything, but James, it, it's definitely um, discouraging when you on the outside looking in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I liked it when RV said that he thought, you know, the 22nd place guys should be making more money. Yeah. And I agree with that, you know, and, and Weimer made the point that, Hey, you have to have somebody to finish this thick <laughs> exactly. because then you'll have somebody to have and And that's part of the field. And I think, you know, part of this conversation started when Steve brought up that there was only there was a small field at the the GP in China, uh, and yeah, I agree. I mean, these guys are putting their lives on the line. They're they're working tremendously hard, training and everything. And it is discouraging when you see guys that don't necessarily get the recognition or the the financial support that they should, because Steve has done a great job of bringing attention to the A-Rays and Seven Deuce Deuces. And, and those guys are characters, and that in fantasy has made us look at writers that potentially before we never would have looked at. And oh, I think those absolutely. guys need better 
better uh, compensation for what they do because you're right. You take that 40th place guy at any local track, and they're going to they're going to be heads and tails above you know your local guy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah those I, guys deserve everything and and more than they're getting potentially right now in the sport. Yeah, I was actually I told the story last night on our show. I went and rode at Underground here in Texas a couple of weeks ago, uh, where Kyle Regal trains and. Uh, Lane Shaw and Kieran Thurman were out there. So, you know, Lane and Kieran are guys that they make night shows. They don't, you know, I don't not really make in mains really, you know, they're sort of the, the last place guys, I guess, to make in the night shows or whatever. So in the theory of some of these keyboard warriors, those guys suck, but then you get out there like underground and they go by you so insanely fast and you're like, these guys are amazing. You know, the fact that there's even another level or two or three above those guys is unreal. But those guys are doing things that are still elite level and they don't get the respect they deserve. They don't get the the compensation. There's guys like Michael Caden who, you know, work as a plumber during the week and then they just find a way to go race. Or two years ago, Ben LeMay's working for Monster during the week unloading trucks and then going racing. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, and Steve says it all the time. It's just this, it's a small sport. It's a niche sport. That's just the way it is, but I would sure love to see it change. Um, here, let's get to a different question though. This is the question of the night. All right. And I want everybody to answer honestly, and we'll start with you, Derek. Um, are the gingers a different breed? <laughs> uh, I mean, if the championship books show it, then for sure. I mean, <laughs> Look at Ricky, look at Bill Poto. Uh, they're just <laughs> Timmy. freaking crazy, dude. <laughs> uh James, how about that? That was a uh that was a spit my food out moment. Um you know, with Weimer saying the Reds are a different breed, they're Keebler elves. Yeah, absolutely. That was hilarious. And and I do, you think it or if you look at R V and R C, they're arguably two of the best ever. You know, they one of them didn't make when you asked me earlier about my Mount Rushmore, but um, they're certainly arguably at the top of the sport. And uh, I agree with you. It was hilarious when, when Jake brought that, that up. Yeah. At that point in the show, the thing, things were really, really falling apart. Um, I think at some point already before this, AC had already had his headphones off cause they hurt his ears. And, uh, Jake's daughter was sitting in studio during the show live with the headphones on and, you know, RV was, taking a dump um but again all things that probably when show 500 hits we'll be like oh yeah 500 you know remember what happened on 400 so all, all classic things a couple more things before we wrap this thing up um one of the questions that was asked during the bto tweets if all four of the guests show up at paula on a 125 who wins <clears throat> of course ac says himself rv says he'll kick ac's ass uh you know realistically though I, i'm sure I, at least i think it's ac i want to give all you guys a chance though if all of all four of those guys let's give them six months to ride 125s west they go out and they do a five lap sprint at paula who you got with uh six months of prep six months of prep all on equal bikes uh, i mean 125 yeah i'd probably have to say i, I was gonna lean towards uh, ac still ac yeah, yeah. That's probably worth, i'd like to say rv but you know but uh how about you derek uh, if you give him six months of training, I'm going to go with Little Photo for sure. 
Okay. Just because of that little attitude he had where he's like, no, I'll fucking beat you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He may he may push AC over at the start beforehand <laughs> yeah. like he talked about. Uh, all right, James, who's your pick? You know, I have to agree with Derek. I think i go with RV five laps because he even said on the show that if it was, you know, or I think AC said on the show that if it was a couple of laps, it would be close. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think just RV's personality and his determination – if he didn't win, he would either give it all he has and lose, or he would do something to win. He would <laughs> yeah, yeah. take it out. He would cut the track. He would do something to, at the end, come out on top. Right. Yeah, I think you may be right. I, I say AC just because he's the current superstar and the you know champion, but... Yeah, RV and his determination and the way he was um, back in the day, you're you're probably right. He he may actually put yeah, it on AC. You just never it, really know. It doesn't just go away. No, it does yeah. not. Um, hopefully, he wouldn't loop out. Um, all right, how about this one? Will AC and Eli get along? Um, I've had a chance to meet both those guys. Uh, Eli is a kind of an introvert. I think they'll get along just fine. I doubt they'll have any problems, but will they be quote unquote friends, Derek? Uh, I don't know about friends, but I think they'll definitely get along just because I think AC is kind of one of those guys where he pretty much gets along with anybody and he's, you know, he's nice. He's not just going to go out of his way and, you know, tell the guy to go fuck himself or nothing. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, James, let me ask this a different, a different question. The same topic though. AC starts the 450 season off in Supercross hot, wins the first three races. Um, what's Eli's reaction to that? You know, I think he's not going to be happy, but, you know, Eli does his own thing, it appears. And, you know, I'm, I'm here in Colorado, and I, I follow him closely because he's the, the local guy. But, you know, I think they're – that would be the situation where there could be problems within the team because obviously Eli's been the number one guy at Cowie. Um, and if AC comes out hot, like you said, I think that could potentially cause some problems. Now I like what Derek said that AC's personality, I think will make it the best situation possible. Yeah. And the way he is, he'll get along, but yeah, you, you, AC comes out and wins the first three and, and, People are going to start talking about, you know, is this another year that Eli's not going to get a championship? You know, I think that's got to got to factor into it all. Yeah, I agree. And Wes, um, you, do you foresee any issues, though, honestly, between those two? I Man, it's hard to say. I'm kind of with Derek. I think AC's attitude's, you know, going to be just to get along with everybody. Obviously, everybody that lines up on that gate wants to win. But there's only going to be one of them. Yeah, there's and, always one winner. Period. So, you know, yeah. and if if AC catches fire, they're just I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they. I could see there know. being a little bit of a tension be, within the team, but I don't see like I damn sure don't see AC causing any problems. Like everybody says, I think AC just wants to get along and and have a good time. You know, I mean, he's serious about it, but he's one of the most friendly guys in the in the industry. It seems like so. Yeah, I think. It's going to be interesting. Um, all right, last question before we hit BTO Hot Takes. Uh, this is for each of you. Wes, if you could hang out with one person from the Pulpamex family, one of the, whether it be Chris Kiefer, Randy Richardson, anybody that's you know part of the family, part of the show for the day, who would you hang out with? Oh, man, Randy sounds like a lot of fun. He is. I'd, I'd, I'd like to kick it with Randy sometime. Okay. James? Yeah. 
You know, I got to pick JT. I've done a little bit of business work with him with my stuff with the Pikes Peak Hill Climb and oh, cool, a little yeah. bit at uh, Lakewood this year. But I think JT is just super cool the way he sounds on, you know, every every show that he's on. And uh, I think if I could spend a day with him, that's who I would pick. JT is great, but he and, and Derek could probably attest to this. He's always super friendly to me, but he he's intimidating just by his facial expressions. <laughs> but so Derek, who's your pick? I, I know it's not going to be JT. Oh no! I'm honestly I've never met DV, so that'd be cool. Probably you know, but maybe if Alex is at the track and DV's like helping him out a little bit, I can. You know, I can talk shit with DV about yeah. Alex. You know, we can just yell at him. That'd be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I think DV would be a good pick. That's awesome. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna hit it, head into BTO hot takes here in just a moment. Uh, if you're still listening, please stay tuned for another segment of Hello Pookie. If you have any questions for Pookie Mathis, send them to Darkside at pulpamex.com, and I will ask her the next time we we do a recording, and we'll get them on a future episode. Okay, so James, we're gonna start with you with your BTO hot take. Okay, my BTO hot take is going to come from the JT interview about MXDN. I think that Hurlings and the Dutch boys are going to buckle under pressure in front of the king, and they're going to go into this race as the favorite, but they are not going to come out on the top step of the podium. Okay. As soon as you said the king, my mind went like like uh, Mathis's did. I went to McGrath? What? <laughs> But yeah, I love that's good. I, I shit. It, would it not be sweet revenge? Like I say, sweet revenge if we could come back and win this year after way last year went. I think they have a shot, man. I don't know. I hope so. I mean, they're they're from the looks on Instagram and stuff. Those guys are working their balls off right now, getting ready. Wes, what's your BTO hot take? Well, mine comes from the section where they're kind of talking about AC's four fifty season. Yep, and mine was. Uh, you know, after a few mediocre rounds, AC realizes his full potential going on a McGrath-like win streak. You That's know? good. Yeah. Well, so, like, uh, maybe two or three not-so-good yeah. ones, then then sweeps then them just, all? Yeah. Okay. I'm down for that. That would be uh, that'd be career-changing. Derek, what's your BTO hot take? Uh, I'm going to fall right in line with the AC thing, but I'm going to go out and say that I think he's going to win Monster Cup. Okay, that yeah, and, and he will damn sure not pull over on the last on the last uh, race if uh, Eli stands to win another million dollars. He made that clear, and I don't think after the this Joey Savacci interview on uh, Swap Mode Live, I don't think anybody would ever do that again, uh, whether it be Eli for anybody. So yeah, that yeah, was exactly. that was crazy. I, I mean, anyway, guys, um, look, show four hundred was all over the place. This wrap up show probably did not do it justice. If you haven't listened, you're crazy. You need to go back and listen. I'm going to listen again. Derek, James, Wes, thank you all you guys for coming on here and doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yep. Anybody? Glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) No problem, dude. All right, guys. Well, stay tuned for Hello Pookie, and we'll be back next week. There is no Pulp Show, but uh, Randy Richardson and Gringo and I are going to wrap up Episode 9 that featured uh, RV and Jeremy McGrath. And we're going to wrap up episode 200 that uh, had Kenny Watson, Chris Kiefer, and a few others. So there will be a wrap-up show, even though there is no live Pulp and Mech show. I know you guys are excited. I'm excited. We'll be back. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. 
All right, we got a little special addition to the episode 400 wrap-up show. The one and only Gringo contacted me and uh, was very excited about episode 400, so I got him on for just a minute. Gringo, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, bro. I'm doing good, man. It's always awesome to hear from you, dude. Yeah, man. Hey, I wanted to call in that 400 show, but I, you know, I couldn't get it live. Yeah, you were you telling know what me. I mean, some on my phone. Right, right. Well, you got to listen. Pissed I guess. Me off. What, what have you? How, have you gotten all the way through the show now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to the archives. Uh, by the way, let me just say, if you hear me whispering, it's because I don't want to wake up my partner. He's sleeping in the back, so so it sounds like I'm talking sexually, you know, like I'm whispering in your ear. It's because he's sleeping. No, it's, it's all good. Get that straight. It sounds good on this end, man. Um, I won't keep you a real long time, but uh, tell me what your yeah. uh, what your overall thoughts of episode 400 were. Dude, man, come on, it's. Uh, what's his name? Ginger or uh, Villapoto showing his asshole? Come on, bro. <laughs> right, right. I mean, come on. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's you talk about keeping it real. You know what I mean? Can you? I just I want you to envision him in that track in that trailer, okay? <laughs> With his butt spread wide open and why? What was it? Weimer's mom walking yes. around a corner and seeing that thing blowing a kiss at her. Uh, I mean, yeah. imagine that. Yeah, that's that is uh that's right up your alley as far as stories go. And then the other story with uh, with uh, Alden at Arby's house, and he came down with with his berries and his dingleberries between his legs. Oh yeah, yeah, and you, and you know Alden's a straight dude. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm is. saying? Like he's straight up and down. You know what I mean? Conservative, and you know you can, it's got to be a little disruptive. You know Alden's quiet like that. You know right. But uh, hey, but not only that, but hey, uh, what about uh, what about AC man? Huh? That was fantastic when he was talking about, you know, you give him six dollars, you could see Villapoto's a hole. I mean, come that, on, bro, that's that, priceless. Looking on Twitter today, that seems to be the the highlight of what everybody thought. And I actually, when you listen, if you listen to this wrap up show back, I I clip that and I use it as a drop at the beginning of the show. So it's it's in this show earlier on. But yeah, that was. That was AC oh, on point. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, how about that you? That was fantastic. You texted me at one point, and uh, you you, you uh, liked that Pookie was wearing your shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, because I've seen it on YouTube, bro. Huh? Yeah. How'd you like to water that, Lily? <laughs> Gringo, you're awesome, man. Uh, all right, so let me ask you, man. So I, I said at the beginning of the show, although I really enjoyed episode 400, uh, Ryan, yeah. Ryan got a little bit annoying to me with interrupting and hitting the mic like it was kind of aggravating to me towards the end did that bother you at all or were you able to just not at all bro i loved it that's what i'm talking see look dude you're talking to a dude i i don't party no more because i was extreme everything i do i don't know how to when to stop you know what i'm saying like that's why i don't party no more with you know i don't smoke and all that crap because i was out of control but anyway Oh, not at all. It didn't annoy me at all. I found it extremely entertaining. I, I wished that I could be sitting in that studio because I would have egged that shit on even more. It would have been <laughs> a lot worse, bro. It would have We probably would have got kicked out of there. I'll uh, tell you that right now. And I don't need, and I don't even need one drink. Bro. Right. Uh, you know, and it's funny. I believe that about you, man, but we, at, at, they kind of had Nick way and Adam C and Cirillo to counterbalance Jake, Jake and Coke and RV though, who, you know, it was, it was a really nice balance point, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, Nick, you know, uh, those guys are out at a deal so they could relax, but you know, Adam and, uh, you know, Adam and Nick are pretty much 
very active in, you know, one in a managerial type or training man-friend type situation. The yeah. other one, you know, is a current racer. So, you know, you got to watch your P's and Q's a little bit. But he did let loose a little bit. It was nice to see Adam. Uh, it, was, it was nice to see him let loose a little bit. I enjoyed it. But uh, but, but Jake Weimer and Villa Pardo, bro, <laughs> those are the kinds of guys that I like to see. That Those are the guys you want to invite to your party. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, I, I asked the other guys that did the wrap-up show with me earlier, you know, if, you know, Steve usually has control of his show, and he clearly lost control of his show. Oh, there was no control. There was no control. But, we got broken headset. <laughs> yeah. uh, who knows what the hell, uh, you know, what else we didn't get to see. Who knows? Maybe Villapoto showed his asshole in the mm-hmm. kitchen after the show was over. You don't know what happened. Right, right. Well, did, did you kind of enjoy the fact that Steve lost control? Because it's... It's kind of, you know, just funny. that Yeah, kind of Steve I, I like that. I like that. Break the norm. You know, let's let's break the rules a little bit. I, I like that. I like breaking rules. Okay. You well, know? So my next question, I feel like I already know your answer based off what you said, but I asked the other guys, yeah. go back to show 300, which was Chad Reed, uh, Tim Ferry, and David Villeman, which I really enjoyed. And I, I actually like 300 better than 400, but I got a feeling you like 400 better. Uh, well, it's two different types of shows, sure. two different, you know, two different entities there. So, but yeah, I'm going to go with 400 because listen, how often do we get to see these guys in their natural habitat, you know, when they're not putting on a show for the manufacturer and not acting all proper and, you know, all the bullshit like they were talking about, you know, you got, you know, they, they got a, they got a, they got an image, they got to project for yeah, their, for sure. For their for their employer, you understand? So yeah. to see them like that off the chain, bro, come on. And how can Jake Weimer, when you see him, he's such a happy drunk. You just want to go over there and give him a fucking hug, right? Yeah. Am I right or wrong? Oh, you're right. You're right. And it's funny, you know. Dude, he's great. If you could go back to when RC was racing, and if you had told me, that, or not RC, I keep saying RC throughout the show, but RV, when RV was racing, if you had told me that this was how RV really was, I would have never believed you. You know, because we never got to see that side, and that's kind of what you're saying is that's that's the beauty. Yeah, of the he show. always seems serious. Yeah, he always like even when I seen him run by my house over there in Claremont with Alvin and all of those dudes. Uh, when he ran past my house, man, he always was serious looking. You know, and then when I seen him at Daytona, he looked serious. Like he didn't, he didn't look. You know, he just looked a little like he was cranky or something yeah. or didn't want to be bothered. Yeah, I think all the fun got know? taken out of it for him, and now he, he, yeah, I he, think can, so. he can be that guy, and he talks about that. Like, I love him talking about, you know, whooping an AC on a 125. And so I, I they, they talked about that. You know, if that was one of the questions. I think it was a uh, BTO question. Uh, if the four guys that were in studio were showed up at Paul on a 125, who would win? Um, I kind of changed that question for my, for my guests tonight. I'm going to ask you the same thing. Let's take all four of those guys, okay? Nick Way, Adam Cincerillo, Ron Villapoto, and Jake Weimer. Let's give all of them six months to train on a 125 and do a five-lap sprint. Who you got? Give them six months? Six months. I got, uh, I got AC. Really? Okay, so I picked AC, but uh, yeah. yeah, a couple of the guys said RV because RV's ruthless, man, and yeah, they're not wrong. I could see that being a possibility. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. He is, but you know what? How old is RV now? You know, as you get older, things start changing. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you party like that, bro, you know, you're giving a little bit away each time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. A little bit away. So, Gringo, um, a couple of weeks ago, Steve mentioned on air that he invited you to come to the show. Um, and oh, I think- I'm you brought that up. Yeah, let's, let's talk I'm, about I'm that. I'm glad you brought that. I'm going to elaborate on that. I never 
I don't know, you know, what he's talking about because I never said I would never come on the show. When pull, 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 pull the archive. Right. I never said that. Uh, what I did say was, remember, he wanted me to do a bit or something, a you know, segment. like a weekly bit or yep. some shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which I, I'm honored, but uh, that's the only thing I said I, I really didn't want to do. I didn't want to be committed to anything, you know. But I never said I'd never go on the show, you know. Like I thought about one day when I'm out there, you know. When I go on a trip or whatever, just knocking on his door and showing up on a Monday night. Yeah, yeah, that you know what, that, you know? <laughs> Steve, Steve would love that. I, I think you'd be fantastic. Yeah, but you know what, the, you know, the only thing is, the only thing is, like me, I'm a little fucked up. You know, if you know me, <laughs> I'm a good guy, but you know, I'm a little off. I understand that. I'm touched. You know, that's what they call it. But my wife, she's she goes with me and my wife were like this, we're tight. But yeah. she's totally the awesome. My wife's very conservative and type of thing like that. So with two, uh, what do they say? The opposites balance each other out. Yeah, so she keeps me in line. If it wasn't for her, bro, I'd be locked up or worse. Right. Well, I you had know a, what I mean? Yeah. I got to meet her at WW Ranch, and she was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of find it hot, too. I like that she's Little House on the Prairie, and I'm Buck <laughs> Wild. You know what I mean? Hell it's yeah. hot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gringo, let me ask you a couple more questions before I let you go. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So one, one of the, a couple of the BTO questions that I asked the other guys were, uh, you know, it was will Adam Cincerillo and Eli get along? Um, I believe they probably will get along just because, he, you know, AC is going to – he has a personality to get along. But do you see that if AC goes out and maybe is beating Eli, do you see that becoming a problem within Kawasaki? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it would be a problem in any, for any team, wherever they, you know, whatever two competitors. Not that they're going to let it show, you know. Right. Maybe they won't even act like it. They might, but inside, you're going to tell me that if you and I are on the same team, you and I, dark side, and we're and one's uh, doing a little, you know, being competitive with the other one, when you want to be number one, it's going to be a little bit of an issue. Not that we can't be amicable sure but that's it hello and goodbye it could go to that extreme but i don't think that anything you know major will happen but yeah it could be a little uncomfortable yeah it's going to be interesting i i'm, I'm really looking forward to it's Supercross. nature that's natural yeah that's natural 100 percent. um okay so one more thing before uh we wrap this thing up um if you this is a question i've been asking the last couple of weeks if you could hang out with yeah. one person for the day that's part of the pulpamex family anybody that's been on the show who would you hang out with <laughs> uh, dude, if I if I tell you that, I'm gonna get my ass kicked when I go home. Uh, yeah, you. you uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna have to leave that up to your imagination. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I, yeah. What, I, what do you think Pookie snacks are? What are What are the Pookie snacks? Yeah. What do you think Pookie snacks are? Do you have any idea? Uh, cookies, I think, uh, you know, she makes, she bakes a couple of things in there, right? Bakes yeah, yeah. Stuff? What are they? Yeah, I think, it's, I I think it, it, it differs from, uh, show to show, just whatever she makes, but I was, I was wondering what your thoughts on it were. Something, yeah, yeah, no, something I, good. I, she showed them one time on the camera, I asked yeah. if she could, uh, yeah, if she could uh, show them on that on a on a on a TV screen there, and I seen her bring the cookies to the table. I'm always watching. Hell yeah! All right. You know, I can't watch the Facebook. The what do you call that? Facebox. I don't Facebook? have that Facebook live. 
Oh, face, Facebook. Facebook. I don't have that. Yeah, I look at it on the YouTube. Okay, yeah, after you know? they post it, sure. I threw that thing in slow motion. We walked in there. <laughs> when she, yeah, 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 yeah. She had your, uh, all I want to hear is the motocross stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I got to awesome. be careful. Gringo, man, I, I absolutely adore talking to you. I cannot wait for next week when we wrap up episode 9 and 200 with Randy Richardson. Thank you, as always, for being such an awesome dude. Oh, dude, man, it's meant I love this shit, bro. I'm in it like you, bro. I love it. I just wish I could have been in there for episode 400, man. Well, we got to make that happen. I would have been instigating some shit. We got to make that happen soon, though. Maybe not, obviously not for 400, but I'm sure Steve can get you in there. Let's let's make that happen. I'm sure every fan would love to see that happen. So hopefully real soon, bud. Yeah, it was just natural. It'll happen now. You know, one day, like I said, I want to go out that way. and I'll just knock on the door, man. Let's do this, you know? Absolutely. All right, Gringo, I'll uh, I'll talk to you next week when we do the, the next wrap-up show, buddy. Yeah, just let me know what time and all that, you know. That okay. way, uh, you know, we line it up. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Ahead of time, the time. I'll get you. I'll right, get it brother. set up, bud. Thank you. Be safe. All right. Talk all to right. you later. Bye. All right. See you. All right. We got to get – that was fun getting Gringo back on. He texted me as I was finishing the wrap-up show with the other guys, and I figured most of you guys would love hearing Gringo. So, Little gringo thoughts uh, on episode 400, and now we'll be back with Hello Pookie. Once again, it's time for Hello Pookie. What's up, Pookie Mathis? Hello, hello. What's going on, bro? Uh, just another day in paradise, talking a little bit about motocross and having a few minutes with you. So um, we'll get this question knocked out. If you had to choose between a couple of your favorite things, New Kids on the Block, the the Vegas Knights, or 15 for Life, and you had to pick only one of those for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Okay, what are they again? New Kids on the Block, 15 for Life. And Vegas Knights. And, oh my God. Um... I feel like if I if I'm guessing, it's between the the knights and the new kids in the block. Probably that's that would be my guess. Well, I'm really into numbers, and I really like seeing like 15 in my everyday life. So okay. that really is important to me. All right. But, um, I have to think of what impacts me every single day and the most out of the year. The new kids only go on tour like every other year, and they only come here once once on the tour, and then I usually have to travel to another city to see them, which is only two times. Right. Where the knights have. 44 home games a year, so that's 44 opportunities. Plus, I can go to the restaurants, and I can really stock them out if I wanted to. I haven't yet, but I'm thinking about trying to go find Mark andre Fleury at the California Pizza Kitchen, and I know he likes to eat at after practice sometimes. Okay. I'm saying, like, I'm going to have to go with the Golden Knights. Wow, okay. I'm a little surprised. Um, Where does your love for hockey come from? Um, I grew up in the Midwest, so I, the school, the high school that I went to, um, nobody cared about football, nobody cared about basketball, it was all about the hockey players. Our high school was, you know, champion, uh, you know, champion hockey, state hockey champions, like it was all about hockey for me growing up. I didn't really know anything about hockey then, but I kind of grew up with the whole, like, hockey was, you know, the best sport out there. Over, maybe that's why I don't like football either. But right, right. Yeah, over football and basketball, definitely hockey was like the top of the top. All the boys played hockey and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just growing up there, um, it was ingrained in me. But then, yeah, meeting Steve, he's been a huge Leaf fan ever since I've known him, ever since he was a kid. And I was a you know, big Leaf fan. I, I took that on from him, and we went to so many Leaf games. We would travel to all different cities to see the Leafs play, and we would go to Toronto to see the Leafs play. and. Yeah, so I just, you know, take that super fandom on um, until I had to let it go, you know, last year when 
got my own team to dominate the <laughs> NHL. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Like I never, you know, I never followed hockey at all. Uh, and then in two thousand, I'm trying to remember what year it was. The Dallas Stars won the the Stanley Cup. I think it was ninety nine. It was ninety nine. Um, all my buddies were into it, so they were sitting there watching the finals. The Dallas Stars win. And I didn't watch any of that. But the next year, I was like, I got to check this out. So I kind of started watching the stars. And I think Mike Madonna was the guy that was a big star of that team. And I was really into it. And then I kind of lost touch with it. And then last year, because of all your excitement, I jumped on the, the Knights bandwagon when they were in the Stanley Cup and watched all that and had to suffer that heartbreak because that was your fault that you got me involved. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It's better than football, if you ask me. <laughs> well, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know that I can argue that. It's an extremely exciting sport at every moment of the game. I, I There were things I didn't totally understand. I had to learn what icing was and offsides was uh, because I didn't really follow it a lot before. But, yeah, it's a very exciting game. Um, so, yeah, that's that's cool. I, I didn't know that you had been following it that long. I thought maybe it was something that you got into because of Steve. Not really because of Steve, but definitely my fandom for, you know, the NHL mm-hmm. and the Maple Leafs specifically, yeah, definitely came more from Steve. But, yeah, hockey was always something that was, um, you know, considered important, like where I grew up. Very cool. All right, uh, Pookie, thank you once again. All right, bro. No okay. problem. Talk to you later. All right. Talk to you soon. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Sitting at me